Aren't you thankful this morning for that man called Jesus Christ? Amen. Can y'all hear me? I've turned me on back here, guys. I don't sound like I'm on. Because I've had people in the back not being able to hear me preach on Sunday. That's why I was wanting to turn it up just a little bit, maybe in the back, so they can hear me. You know, I'm very quiet when I preach, so. But they've had trouble in the back hearing me the last couple Sundays, so. But it's good to know Jesus Christ this morning. Thank you for the praise team and, and uh, just the freedom to be able to worship. Amen. To be able to worship Jesus Christ and want to preach on. Last week I preached on not giving up. How many of y'all didn't give up this week? Preached on not giving up. But there's also something that comes a time when we're, when we're in life and we're by ourselves and sometimes it's just us during the week. You know, I preach every Sunday. Y'all hear me preach every Sunday morning or whenever I speak. But sometimes we got to learn to preach to ourselves. Amen. And uh, when we get down on life and the burdens of life and different things come at us, we need to learn how to... Sometimes you've got to preach the promises of God to yourself because maybe I'm not always there, the preacher's there, the church is not always there. And so we just got to preach. We gotta, by doing that, it encourages us in the Lord. There was a guy I heard about this week that he worried about everything. How many of y'all worry? Worry, how's that? I, last time, I, three weeks, I was getting text messages and emails and everything else over my worrying. So, worry. But sometimes we worry. And this guy, he worried about his wife. He worried about his kids. He always worried about his job. He worried about his health. He worried about his next income. He worried about his bills. He worried about just everything around him. And so finally, one of his best friends sent him like three weeks later in town and asked him, said, he said, John, he said, you look calm and peaceful now than what you used to look like. He said, oh, I'm good. He said, I don't worry no more. He said, I, I hired somebody to worry for me. How'd y'all like that? And he said, are you kidding me? You hired, you pay somebody to worry for you? And he goes, yes. He said, well, how much do you pay him? He said, I pay the man $1,000 a week to do all my worrying. He said, John, you can't afford $1,000 a week to pay somebody to worry for you. He said, that's his problem. Amen. <laughs> and so sometimes like that, we need to be that in life of knowing that God is always there for us. He'll never forsake us and He'll never leave us. Amen. He'll be right there, in the, not only on the mountains, but on the, in the low times, right in the bottom. Sometimes when we hit rock bottom, Jesus Christ is there for us this morning. And let's all stand this morning. I'm going to start off reading about a story in the Old Testament that I love about David. David here in the Old Testament was, was actually fighting for the Philistines. Saul was a jealous king, was after David. He thought David was trying to steal his throne. And so David's on the run from him. So David and about 600 men, they were fighting for the Philistines. And so they come back from fighting with the Philistines and they come back to a town <clears throat> called Ziglag. And as they come back, it's smoldering with smoke and it's been burnt to the ground and the wives and the kids and all the livestock, everything had been stolen by the Amalekites. And David can blame that on Saul because the Amalekites is the ones that Saul 
would not would not wipe out and he kept some of the finest sheep and the finest things and he disobeyed God and so anyway David's back with the Amalekites here and so I love what happened to him he's burdened with life I want you to read this story here of what happened how quickly circumstances turn on you David had to do something real quick he had to figure out that his friends wasn't always there for him that maybe his family was already taken away and David had to preach to himself to encourage himself in the Lord And so look what it says in verse 1. It says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag attacked Ziglag and burned it with fire. And he had taken captive the women and those who were from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. And David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Anahoam and the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now, David was what? Greatly distressed. How many of y'all have ever been greatly distressed? How about mega stress? That's even, that's even better. David was that mega stress here. It says, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Look at that. Lead people and then they want to kill you. Amen? They want to stone him. Because the soul of all the people were grieved and every man for his sons and his daughters. But, there's the big key. David had a chance here to go home, give up. But the Bible says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abathar, the priest, Amalek's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Now look what happened after David prayed and strengthened him. He actually preached to himself and encouraged himself in the Lord. Look in verse 18. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, And David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything, which they had taken from them, and David recovered all. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that, Lord, when we get down on life and things come upon us, when we get stressed out or we just worry about life, that the Lord, sometimes we need to preach your promises to us. Lord, you need to know that you stick closer than a brother. Lord, we need to know that I can do all things through Christ with strength of me. Lord, we need to know that all things work together for good to those that love Him, that are called according to His purposes. Lord, we just need to preach to ourselves sometimes. Your great and mighty Word. And Lord, there may be someone here this morning that's, that's down and out, maybe discouraged. And Lord, I pray that they'll get up and preach to themselves this morning and encourage themselves in the Lord. Lord, we love you this morning. Have your way in this service, Lord. Just speak through me this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, David, 
David had the whole group, all the 600 men, when they come back into the city. And they see all the smoldering. And David, he can't believe it. You know, he feels like God has abandoned him. He feels like he's running from Saul. He's fighting with the enemy. And he's got 600 guys fighting with him here. And they're tired and they give out. And they get home and all their wives, everything's burned and taken. And and David all of a sudden gets stressed because he knows what's going to happen. And, and the, all the all of his men, have you, ever, have you ever wept till you couldn't weep no more? How many of y'all ever cried till you couldn't cry no more? And these are warriors that are crying. They are distressed. They are down and out. They've been fighting. They come home expecting to come home and see their wives and their family and their kids and everything. Have, and just have a welcome home party. And when they get home, it's burnt. People, are, they had their, their wives and kids, they don't know if they're alive, they're gone. And so they're, they're just stressed out. And sometimes your job can stress you out. Amen? How many of y'all has got a stressful job? Sometimes church can stress you out. Amen? My wife's shaking her head like this. Sometimes I handle stress a little better, but there's times that I get stressed out as a pastor. And people sometimes don't understand that. You know, you got four kids in your family, and you take them to a doctor and go see them and help them. I got 300 and something. Amen? To go visit and see and do it. So sometimes you run and run and you go here and do this. And and David's their leader. This is the man that was a man after God's own heart. This is the one anointed by Samuel to be the next king of Israel. And Saul is after him. He's jealous. They know David is an anointed man. And this is the one that killed the giant with the slingshot and the stone. David David was, was the man that killed the bear, killed the lion. So David was really stressed out when he got here and got back to the town. The men started crying and weeping and they says, Kill David! You led us here. You brought us here. We've been out fighting for you. We get back home from town. We get back home from fighting. We get to our town. Our wives are gone. Our kids are gone. Let's kill him. And David's life was full of stress. Now David could have turned right around and said, Man, somebody turn on the direct TV. Dr. Phil's on. I need some help. <laughs> he could have run to the latest uh, psychology person and talked with him and laid in the chair and, and felt good. He, he could have did all of this. And David said, Listen, we're not making one more move. We're not going to talk. We're not going to say nothing. And he said, Until I get the epod from the high priest, I'm going in to the Holy of Holies of the presence of God and get out in his presence and see what he wants me to do. He said, God did not lead me and call me to fight a bear or a lion. He didn't call me to be and anoint me king of Israel to die in a town of Ziglag from you stoning me. He said, God has called me for more than that. I've got to seek out his will even when times are bad and life is hard and, my, and I'm just stressed out. That's the most time that we need to call upon God. Amen? Amen. We don't need to call another friend in the, in our, on our job and talk to anybody. We need to get alone in our prayer closet and speak to the Holy Spirit and ask him for guidance and direction. But most of the time we get on the phone and our, uh, your iPhone or whatever it is and call, you won't believe what I'm going through right now. You won't believe, how, what do you think I ought to do? Well, i tell you what I'd do, girl. I, I, I would just leave him. I'm just talking the way the world talks. When there's no king and there's no authority, everybody does, which is right in their own eyes. Amen? 
And David said, I'm not doing what the leader says, my best warrior says. I'm, all I want is that ephod, and I want to go into the presence, and I want to pray and ask God, what do I need to do? Well, you know what David was doing? He was preaching to himself. And there's times, guys, when you get down on life and things hard, we've got to learn to preach to ourselves to get up. God's word is there to lift us up to overcome everything that comes in our life. We just need to preach ourselves. There's times in my life when, 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 I, when I don't think I'm up to the chore, up to the par of leading and doing or, or what it is. And I'll say, and this is why the devil keeps a lot of people out of church and active in the church. I can't do what they do. I can't do this. I, I, I can't lead. I can't talk to youth. I, boy, I would love to sing, but I can't get up in front of people and sing. You know what the devil? That's the devil making you crazy. That's the, de the devil's greatest job is to step on your faith and make you feel about that big. When we are more, remember last week I said we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. We've been saved, we've been sent, we've been given a home in eternity. And God is going to be with us every step, no matter what we're going through, whether it's on the mountain or rock bottom, God says, I'm here for you. I'm here to lead, I'm here to guide. He said, preach to yourself. There's times when I, when I get stressed out in church, and I think, we can't do this. And my, you know what it does? It starts weakening my faith. Because God said, listen, George, you were saved by faith. How many were saved by faith? He says, you were saved by faith. Now you've got to learn to walk by faith every day. The same way that we got saved is the same way that we live our Christian life every day. On the mountain, in the valley, good times, bad times, by faith. And sometimes, Tim, the devil will come in and I know I'm preaching truth. And I know I'm going in the right direction. And there will still be them fiery darts come at me. How many's ever had that happen to y'all? Y'all wake up in here this morning. God's trying to preach to yourself. He's trying to preach to you because somebody, I'm going to preach this sermon this morning and somebody's going to go out with a pooch lip. You're going to be sold up, look like you got baptized in lemon juice when you leave here. Amen? I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I heard Brother George, but that's up there. I'm right. Listen, God's not up here with me. I, yes, I want to be a mouthpiece for God. But if you are a child of God this morning, He's right there with you. Amen. Amen. God is wanting you to get your own faith this morning. Hey, I'm here to preach every Sunday to get us excited and stirred up for, the, for, for God and the love of God. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you've got to learn to preach to yourself. Yeah. Amen? Because yeah. the devil, it don't matter what you do, you're going to leave here stirred today and go out and do something for Jesus. And by Tuesday, the devil's fixing to throw a bucket of water on your little fire. Yeah. Amen? We need to know, number one, you say, well, what do we need to preach to ourselves? You need to preach Jesus. If you're a child of God this morning, because you're not automatically a child of God. Right. Amen? Amen? You say, well, if I just go to church, I, that don't mean just because you go to church, you're going to heaven. Right. You are saved through great by faith. Right. It's, you, you, listen, you don't get to heaven just because your mom and dad goes to church. Well, I'm, I'm a good person, Brother George. I've been brought in church all my life. My mom and dad made me go. I know some people actually believe that they're going to heaven because their mama made them and daddy made them go to church. But my, listen, my family give a bunch of money to the church. And I even myself, I volunteer for everything. It 
doesn't matter how much you volunteer. That's not what about heaven is about. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. This morning, if you are a child of God, and He, listen, if you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit resides inside of you this morning. Amen? How many of y'all believe that? Because the rest of this sermon is not going to mean nothing if you don't believe that. When you got Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and dwells in your temple, you're called a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, that don't mean you give God every key to every room, but He he wants to be the master of your house. I know a lot of saved people that are saved and going to heaven. It's kind of like when... It's kind of like how we are in our own house. You don't mind me coming and visiting you. Just don't go in that back room. (laughs) Amen? I ain't had a chance to clean that up yet. I got got socks in the floor. My my underwear's laying there. Stay in the living room. The kids are here, stay in the living room, and just, you know, and here's what'll happen if I came and visited your house. The reason I know because if you come to my house, I'm locking my back room door. <laughs> we all sinners saved by grace. But if I came in and sit down, you go back first thing you if I come to your house, if the preacher showed up to your house, most of y'all be kicking stuff on the chair. Kids, pick that up. <laughs> And you'd make sure that back room that has clothes everywhere that you ain't got to clean up yet. I'll take you on a tour of every, ha- every room in this house, but you're not going in that room. And I think you got it. But see, here's the thing about Jesus. If He lives in us. He knows what's in that room. You can lock that door and hide the keys until we totally surrender ourselves to the almighty authority of Jesus Christ. He cannot work in your life. And people cry and moan and wonder why. I'm not seeing the manifest presence of God in my life. When you've been saved and dwelt by the Spirit, God has given you all power and authority. How many of y'all believe that? You know what power means in the Bible? It's a word called dunamis. And you say, well, I don't mean it a lot. Dunamis means dynamite. How many of y'all have ever seen dynamite blow up? I mean, it just, it'll just... I, I never used... My mom wouldn't let me play with dynamite. <laughs> but I have shot fireworks. And man, when as a kid, I was the meanest kid around out in the country with, with firecrackers. If I could find an animal, I was blowing him up. Man, I mean, I was trying. I mean, you know how boys are. If I seen a lizard, I'm getting him out of that tree. I'll just blow the limb off. <laughs> But one day we was out there and we had a bunch of... And I, I decided to do this. I took about six or seven, eight or ten... No, a big old wad. About ten or twelve firecrackers. And took my time and I took that fuse and I just twisted them all together. I said, we're fixing to get this dude out of this hole right here. He, you can run, but you can't hide. Put that dude down there next to the hole and I lit it. And I took off running and it went... Walked back over there and I looked at it and kicked them around. You know what the problem was? It was a dud. And here's the way it is with Jesus. We got a lot of duds in the church today. There's a lot of duds in Christianity. Oh, they all shout and all this and they on Sunday. But when it comes right... Listen, if Jesus Christ lives in you this morning and He indwells inside of you and He lives in you, that's the first thing you need to preach to yourself is, Devil, I'm not a dud. Amen? I'm not a dud in Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for me. 
Listen, he arose three days later. He gave all authority and all power to the church and to the believers. I'm not a dud. Sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta do this. I know this sounds goofy, but sometimes you just gotta slap yourself. Amen. Amen. If you want, your wife will. I mean, you get talking that crazy stuff. You think it. You may not say it publicly, but a lot of us think some crazy stuff. And we'll get to, and before long, we'll talk ourselves out of doing what God has appointed us to do. More importantly, sometimes we'll talk ourselves out of even coming to the church house. Man, we'll wake up and you got this and you're going here after church and Brother George won't get out till 5 after 12 and, and I don't know what... A... Hey, we aren't your normal Baptist church, amen? Hey, guess what? The Holy Spirit is in a Baptist church. <laughs> I love that. Y'all Pentecostal Assembly Gods think y'all got it all. You ain't got nothing because Jesus lives in me. Amen. Oh, that's good. That's good. It doesn't matter what your denomination. And this is where the devil gets people sidetracked. Amen. And I love every denomination. But then there's no difference between assembly and Baptist. We're all one in Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I got bigger gifts than you. No, you don't. <laughs> I got dynamite just like you. I can be anointed just like you. We can see the fall of the Spirit just like you. Amen. Because Jesus lives in me. Devil, you're not going to take me down. You're not going to attack my family. Hey, Jesus died on the cross and overcame the death, the burial, and He is resurrected sitting on the right hand of the Father. He lives in me and I'm going to be with Him. See, you got to preach to yourself, church. You got to learn to preach to yourself. Well, Brother George, you don't know what about my marriage. God's got an answer for that. See, here's the one of the main verses we need to preach to ourselves as believers. Number one, my favorite, I, I wear it on my arm all the time. I can do all things through Christ. Philippians 4.13, we all know it. But guys, let it become more than a rubber band. Let it get down in your heart and soak in and be real. Know that God will strengthen you no matter what's happening. Know that He'll work all things out to the good, to those that love Him. Know that I'm a head, not a tail. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper, devil. And the devil's going to run up to you. And when he hears me doing that, Eddie, he says, Demons, let's go. He's preaching again. Let's go. I mean, the devil ain't got a chance against a person that encourages himself in the Lord. Now see, David knew that God lived in him. Knew that David, he knew that God was guiding him. But he wanted to make sure that his will was God's will. You see, a lot of us in hard times like that, we'd have done the first thing our friend told us to do. Or the preacher. Or the church. Or your denomination. You just run off. Well, I've been here before. I know what to do. I don't need to call God. Uh-oh, you fix to spend some time in the wilderness. I've been saved 45 years. This is old hat to me. It's not old hat. I don't care if you've been saved for 50 years. Old things are passed away and all things become new through every trial. 
We've got to rely on God from the smallest to the biggest. David could have said, I quit. I, I, I killed a bear. I can handle Ziglag. And the first thing he did was go and get along with God. That's the most important thing we can do. Our music is great and all this, but if we don't get along with God, our hearts aren't going to be ready for God. That's what I taught this morning in, in my Connect class. People don't see the manifest presence of God. We don't see different things happening. We don't see cancer being healed. We don't see this happening. We don't see God moving in my family, my marriage, my job. It's because none of us are willing to be under the authority of God. And until we get under authority, we're not going to get over nothing in our lives. Your marriage is not going to be no good. And I got 25 years coming up. Man, I'm fixing to be a silver fox. 25 years. Can you, imagine, can you believe she stayed married to me, Johnny, for 25 years? That's what I said. Golly. That's how I started worrying, all right? I mean, in two weeks, we're going to be married 25 years. And the only reason we've been married that long, we've had our ups and we've had our downs. Amen? Hey, we've had... We've had thoughts just like you. Oh, you're a preacher. You shouldn't be. I'm just like you, brother. The devil attacks me and I go through the same thing you do every day. But I got to know when the, when the devil's coming, I got to learn, George, get to preaching to yourself. He's going to suck you right on down into that pity party and you go, oh, nobody loves me no more. And then here comes Sunday. Won't you go to church? Oh, they don't care. No preacher ain't even called this week. You know, I, oh. he don't love me. He preaches that on Sunday. He never comes by. You know, probably why is you done snuck out the bottom door every Sunday? You ain't shook my hand in a month. I don't even remember your name. Amen. You got to be friendly to make friends. Amen. But see, some of us, it's what David realized. He had to take the Superman cape off. Because a lot of people, he was Superman. I mean, this is a boy that killed a giant and did all of the great things he's done. David said, I got a big problem and no answers. Ever been there? Got a lot of problems and no answers. And David could have run and he could have asked the preacher of the church to pray. He didn't. He took his Superman cape off. <laughs> Laid it down at the door of the temple and said, me and God's got to talk. I'm not leaving here till he speaks. And see, sometimes a little two-minute prayer, you say, Brother George, I pray every day. <laughs> God is great. God is good. Let's thank you for our food. Amen. It's more than that prayer. Sometimes you've got to get along with God and pour your heart out to him. You've got to get down and sometimes you'll cry. Sometimes you'll sweat. Some, but you've got to get down and say, Jesus, I don't know where to go. And at that moment, when your spirit says, I can't handle it, I don't know where to go, Jesus shows up. But as long as there's a spirit of pride that says, I can do it, I don't need nobody else, I don't need the church, I don't need the preacher, I don't need my family, you're walking on hard ground. You're never going to experience Jesus. But the moment you let go of that hard heart, grace just comes in and fills up that room. His Shekinah glory comes straight from the altar 
straight to where you're at. And you leave there going, wow, I didn't even go to church today. Brother George didn't preach to me. I got along with God. I boldly approached his throne of grace and preached to myself and Jesus showed up. It's amazing what he'll do when you let go and give it to him. Now listen guys, don't go to your prayer closet holding on to it. You know, a lot of us do this. And this is why God, every Sunday people's at altars up here. And that problem I got, Tim, it's right here. And here they are. Fists tightened down. You know, people are like this on salvation. They'll hear, they'll hear word after word preached. They'll heal the conviction just, and they'll hold on tight till their fists are white. They will not let go. All they got to do is let go of what's right there and give it to God and they'll be free. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like the Little Rock Zoo. <laughs> they can, they, you know, they can say, well, at the Little Rock Zoo, we need to build a brand new gorilla facility. I mean, we want to make it expand it bigger, taller, plant more flowers, beautiful trees, give him some more tire swings. It don't matter. He's still in a pen. <laughs> Fix it up all you want. You're still not set free. Amen. That's good. Y'all can call Little Rock Zoo and tell them I preached about them. <laughs> it don't matter how good you fix the pen up, brother. It's still a pen. And you're not getting out until you let go. To experience, you shall know the truth and the truth shall... No, I won't, not as long as you hold on. It's nothing but words. But when you let go and let God... And you drop what's in your hand at the altar. And you let the hand of God's grace get a hold of you and start leading you. You leave. That's what it means to leave it at the altar. Not leave it in your mind. Leave it. Take the grip off of what's controlling you. Amen. Whether it's weary. Whether it's money, stuff. Until God has number one right here, that you know, He looks down and says, "That ain't nothing but stuff, stuff." But until God is in the right proper place on your altar, on we all have altars. Until God is first on your altar, it doesn't matter. It's all stuff. And here's what I found out: is being a Christian. I can come up there and pray and say a prayer and get up and hold on to it and God still not have first place and I can go out the next week and it don't matter what I buy, what I hunt, what I do, there's a certain aspect of me deep down in my spirit that never truly is fulfilled and enjoys it. And it's that hole that God made that says, if I don't fill it up first, you'll never experience what it means to be free. See, God created us to walk and talk with Him, guys. That hole in your heart is made for Him. You can put, you, man, you can put the biggest bass boat in there and turn it upside down and turn it around, back it in, come on back, up, up, get it. It'll fit, you can force it in there, but you'll never enjoy it. Until you get God first in your marriage, you're never going to enjoy your marriage. Well, if I could, you know, I got a lot of work coming up. If I can work and make a bunch of money, you know what? You'll spend it before you ever get to that point. Because you ain't never let go of it yet. 
See why we don't see God show up in our lives? He's more than a word. I hear people all the time, and it, it really cracks me up. If you just speak Jesus' name, he'll flee. It won't if you ain't been obedient to Jesus, ain't been around him in a month. It's a name. You've got to be under his authority. You can speak Jesus' name to you blue in the face, and the devil's going to sit there and go, <laughs> Sing louder, church. He's not going to come to your rescue. You're not going to see him manifested. By just saying, you know, here's what most of us do. Come to the altar. I'm praying just like Brother George said, in Jesus' name, I want you to deliver me in Jesus' name. And you got your fist tight and you go back and sit down. God's not moving in my life because we leave the altar and we go right back out and do the same. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. Right back. And we wonder why there's no freshness of the Holy Spirit guiding me in my life. Jesus is with me. Hey, Jesus is all... Listen, here's another one. Jesus lives in you, but He'll never leave you and He'll never forsake you. How many of y'all believe that? If you believe in grace and faith in Jesus Christ, you got to believe that. You don't work your way to heaven. It ain't no matter how good you are. People get so wrapped up in that. If I do more in church and work hard and plan this dinner and work in this youth group and do this, God's going to... He loves you just the same before you ever started doing it because He died on the cross for you. Amen? Now, that don't mean, well, then I shouldn't work at all. For, no. Because of your faith, you work. Because you love Jesus, you go for Jesus. Because He's in your place and in that hole you want you want you want you desire you passionately desire to please him and people that live by you won't understand that half the church may not even understand it I wish they could get just a little bit of what I feel when I preach but some people just don't get it you can lead them to the water, but you can't make them drink. Oh, that's good stuff. But he's always with me. Listen, if the devil gets after you this week and you start doubting and thinking all this crazy stuff, just <laughs> slap yourself. Amen? Everybody say, devil, I'm not a dud. Now, slap yourself. No, just kidding. I got wives reaching over four rows to hit their husband. Amen. <laughs> the very last thing, and I got to close. Everybody in here, as a child of God, God gives us a measure of faith. You need to preach that to yourself. I don't care if you're a new Christian, been in church 40 years, you're spiritually growing leaping bounds, or you're just starting, or you failed, and you got up and you failed. God always gives us a measure of faith for every situation that we're in. I want to read that, Michelle. Can I go to that in Romans 12, 3? For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself, what? More highly than he ought to think. Isn't it amazing how pride always comes before a fall? Every time. Don't think yourself better than you think you are. But to think soberly, humbly. 
Think of others first. As God has dealt to each one, I love this, a measure of faith. Well, Brother George, that last situation he gave me, it wasn't much. It was a speck. You know how big a mustard seed is? Jesus said, if you got the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to West Mountain over here and say, move. And it'll move. Y'all look at me like a bunch of crazy Baptists fell off a rocker. But see, we've all given a measure of faith, but some of us don't use the measure we was given. Remember what I said earlier? You've got to walk with Jesus the same way that you were saved by Jesus. Through faith. It don't see a lot of people think when they get saved, I gotta have faith to get it. Listen, guys, if you got faith to believe that Jesus died on the cross more than two thousand years ago for your sins, paid to sin debt, was put in a tomb, rose again three days later, came out of the tomb alive, not a on a screen. He walked and talked and over 500 people seen him or more. He commissioned his disciples and then ascended to heaven. And the Bible says today he's sitting on the right hand of the Father. Making intercession for an old sinner like me. Amen. Because he knows that George is going to preach to himself this week to get up and keep going. But see, if you got all that, you, you, you got faith to believe that, he washed you white as snow. Some of us get in our car, slap that sucker and drive, get on a bypass, go 120. We got 10 minutes to get to work. We cut in and out. We run around. That takes more faith to do that than just to walk by it. <laughs> to believe Jesus. Some of us believe reality shows more than we do Jesus. Now guys, listen. I love Duck Dynasty, but I know without a doubt ain't all that true. Some of it is propped. I mean, the gator just didn't show up the day they got ready to make the movie. Somebody put that dude in that shed. But it's still good. I, I love them. The beards are back. Amen. I love them. But sometimes that we have more faith in our ball team, in our stuff, and all around than we do a little mustard seed. And sometimes a little mustard seed will get you up off a rock bottom and get you going in the right direction again. Because what Jesus does, when you use that measure of faith, He adds to it. When you use that measure of faith, He adds to it. And He continually to build and, and to build and your faith gets bigger and bigger. And see, here's what it is. Faith without works, James says, is dead. So you take your faith, you work for Jesus, you're doing what you're doing here today, you brought your family, you're giving your reasonable service to Him. Every time you're giving that little seed, that little seed, and it's getting bigger. Now listen, I don't know if you've ever seen mustard seeds, they're not very big, but I guarantee you, you take a bunch of mustard seeds and throw them out across there, them little seeds produce a lot of stuff. Hey man, how many of y'all have ever planted turnips? Man, I love turnips. Some of y'all got turnips. Y'all need to bring some to the preacher's office and say, we love you. Man, I love turnips. But you can take them little seeds and, 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 and not a very big ground and cast them out there. And if it's watered right and, and everything's taken, but you still got to work it. 
See, a lot of us just want to quote faith and speak Jesus' name and walk off and go back to... You can't do that. You've got to work it and walk with Him and be obedient and watch the turnips grow in your life. From a little seed to a big tree. But you've got to work with it. I'm going to close in one... I've got, got to close. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 33. There is no one like the God... Of Jezron, who rides in the heaven to help you, Amen. And his and in his excellently on the clouds, the eternal God. How many of y'all believe this? Is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy from before you, and will say, destroy. Now, everybody looks at them two verses I just read, and the first thing, man, he's a great God. He's a big God. He's an everlasting God. He's a refuge. He's my belt. He's my buckler. He's my, oh, he is all of that to me. But there's one verse, I love that verse right there in verse 27. He is our refuge, but look at this. He is not only with us when we're on top of the mountain, he's with us underneath us. That underneath means bottom. Now, y'all, y'all listen. Because sometimes I've been there. I know. God cannot use me and get me going in the direction until He lets me hit rock bottom. He lets me walk on my faith and strength as long as I can go till I wear out. This is how God called me when He called me to preach. I kept running on my own strength to get away from Him and go... Man, I'd do everything in the church. I'd work here. I'd back in floors. Man, if you brought your car to the church, I'd wash it. I'm not preaching. And I kept going and going and going and going till finally God said, you're going to run out of gas sooner or later. Some of us are on E today. I smell fumes. Hey, man. And when we finally run out of gas and hit rock bottom, and go as low as we can go and can't got no strength in that trial to do anything else. The devils and his demons are like, man, they're like, oh, bring the troops. He's down to rock bottom. We can get him out of the church. We can get him out. We can break that marriage up. We can do a lot of devastating stuff right here, this old boy. He's down to rock bottom. But then all of a sudden, Jesus comes in. And he says, the devil forgot something. He's not only God on the mountain, he's God on the rock bottom. No matter where I go, what I do, he's always got his everlasting arm underneath me. I can't go so low that I can get past God. And when I repent, and I finally take my fist and let go, of what got me on rock bottom, He picks me up with His grace and He carries me. He gives me a measure of faith and He continues to measure of faith and I get stronger and I get bigger and I get obedient. I've done repented and all that. I'm ready to go, God. you got to remember this. When the dust settles, God's sitting there saying, let's go. Let's go. He's there with an everlasting arm this morning. Amen. He's beneath you. I don't care how low you've gotten. You won't go. No, God's still there. 
He went down to Hades and stole the keys of death. He's been to the lowest low. Amen. He has set captives free. And listen today. This week, remember this. You get down and out. You get down. People get after you. Talking about you. Gossiping about you. I hear that all the time about me. You know what I start doing? Open your Bible, George. I'm going to preach to you. I don't care what they say. As long as I'm obedient and I'm preaching truth, I'm going to preach to myself. The problem is we got a lot of people out here who need to preach to their self. That's good stuff. Won't you let go this morning? What are you holding on to? This? What do you have in your hand that's more important than Jesus? Nothing. There's nothing, nothing more important than where you're at spiritually this morning with Jesus Christ. Your job ain't more important. Yes, it is, Brother George. I got bills. Listen, when Jesus blows a trumpet and, and says, get my children to come home, that job don't mean nothing. <laughs> See, you, we got to get our perspective right, Brother Chuck. See, a lot of times our jobs and this and our money and all that's the most important until I preach a funeral. When I preach a funeral, all of that gets turned upside down. And then eternal life and where I'm going to spend eternity becomes the most important thing. Because see, we're in this life a little while. We're like a vapor. We're here just for a little while and then we're gone. Where are you at this morning? What are you holding on to? God is waiting here. I don't care if you're on the mountain. You may be on the mountain this morning. That's why He's up here with you. But there may be some folks here that are halfway up the mountain. He's right there with you. You may be on rock bottom. He's right there underneath you this morning. Amen? So won't you come to the altar this morning? Won't you preach to yourself? As Tim, as y'all come, we get ready for invitation. Let's every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this Word this morning. Lord, there may be some here this morning that's discouraged. That's down and out. It may be a stuff that they did to themselves and mistakes they made themselves. It may be some other people put them there. And it may be they got drug into stuff. But whatever the situation is, it doesn't matter. Lord, we want to give it to You this morning. So won't You put Your pride down? All Your rebellion down? All your hard-heartedness and quit trying to think you can fix everything and you can do it all. Won't you come and give it to Jesus this morning? Won't you actually come and let go? As soon as you do, them, wing, them arms underneath you of God's grace will pick you up. And you'll be restored. And He'll give you a measure of faith. And He'll want you to walk by that faith. Where are you at this morning? You may have never accepted Christ as your personal Savior. You may be a church member, but church members don't go to heaven because they're on a roll. They go because their name is in the book of life. The Lamb's book of life. You may hear one rededicate your heart. May you've been holding on some stuff. May you've been worrying about a lot of things. You just need some peace just to enjoy your walk with Jesus. You're so worried about stuff that you can't enjoy your walk. Other people and other stuff and Listen, today, worry about one person, you and where you're at with Jesus Christ. Get that restored and He'll make all things new. Lord, you have your way in this service and this altar call.
Lord, touch our hearts. Speak to us. The ones that are discouraged, Lord, encourage them this morning. But help them learn how to encourage their self in the Lord. Don't wait on nobody else. Encourage yourself in the Lord this morning. Let's all stand. And all God's people said, Amen. Come this morning. Come to that man called Jesus Messiah. He's the only one that has the answer. He's the only one that knows exactly how you're feeling right now. And what you're going through.